And welcome. Hey, everybody. It's Eileen Grimes of the Jupiter Rising Show. And how are you guys doing today? We're all doing pretty well here. There's a lot of astrology stuff going on right now, which we're going to talk about today with our wonderful guest, Mr. Ray Grassy. And um, we have a whole list of stuff here. As a matter of fact, we added a lot of them in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> so anyway, uh, stuff that I forgot. And, you know, anyway, but it happens. So anyway, today... We have on, obviously, Mr. Ray Grassy, who is one of the best astrologers I happen to know. And we're going to be talking about all the astrological developments that are happening this month and into next month. And we might relate them to things, too. Maybe some election stuff. Who knows? I don't know. So anyway, and also our celebrity of the week. Is somebody who just happened to, you know, happen across. When I'm deciding about who I want to select for the Astro Celebrity of the Week, it's usually somebody that's in the news. Well, this man isn't in the news, but he's just so interesting that I thought I'd pick him out. And I, when I looked at his chart, and I said, oh, he's perfect. This is Mr. Rod Serling. He was the developer of the Twilight Zone series as well as the Night Gallery series and all sorts of things that he's written. A very interesting man, and there's a lot of questions I've got about him for Ray. There's one thing here that just jumped right, right at me, and I found out related to that, and I thought, well, how did that happen? Anyway, so uh, we're going to be doing that, and we've got all of our other usual stuff, too. So anyway, so we're going to take a break real quick right now. When we get back, we're going to have the Astro Celebrity of the Week. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Yay! That's a perfect introduction. We'll have to use that somewhere else. That's very cool. Anyway, you can tell today we're going to be doing Mr. Rod Serling, and he's a very interesting guy. So let me bring on our guest today because he's going to assist me with this process. Mr. Ray Grassy, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, so how's the weather back there? Oh, it's beautiful today. Just beautiful. The sun's out. Oh, that's nice. We have lots of clouds here, which is normal for Seattle. So anyway, so let's talk about Mr. Rod Serling. Let's give out his data first before we do anything. That's December 25th. He's a Christmas baby, 1924, at 3.07 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Syracuse, New York. Okay, so... What's the first thing that jumps out at you about his chart? There's always something that jumps out at us. So, Well, there's a bunch of things. This is a very interesting horoscope. Yeah. And uh, I'll mention, I'll throw out a couple of things right away, which is how often do you see a horoscope with two grand trines? If, that's if you include Chiron. Oh. And there's a, t, a wide T-square. Right. And, uh, you know, this is this is a pretty extraordinary chart. If he only had those grand trines, which can show opportunity and talent and all that, but yeah. without some strong, uh, strong squares, you don't have the energy to kind of do anything with it, and he had both. Okay, yeah. And 
because I notice here <laughs> no. he has uh, the grand fire trine. So looks like here isn't that what it is? No. Yeah, there's yes. a Mars, Venus, and um, oh, wait a second, let me okay. see if I got yeah. this right here. Okay, no, it's uh, Mars, Ur- no, Saturn, Uranus, and Pluto. That's the outer planet. That's the that's the water trine. Okay. And then there's the Chiron, uh, Venus, and uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> excuse me, Chiron, Moon, and Neptune. Grand. Trine. Oh wow! Now that one's amazing. That one yeah. is amazing. Oh my gosh. And the fact that he's got that Neptune is, you know, I, as you know, I put a lot of emphasis on the highest planet in the chart. Yeah. And he's got Neptune up there, which right. is by itself, you could talk about that, you know, quite a bit, just in terms of the yeah. positives and the negatives with that. That's his, his interest in fantasy and fiction. And, yes. And a, there's a certain spiritual subtext to his a lot of his work and yes. the idealism that you see with that. But also, you know, he... There, there can be with Neptune on the angles. There can be addictive patterns. Yes. And uh, you know, he died of cancer at the young age of fifty. Hard to oh. believe he was only fifty. I know. Considering all he did. Well, it seems time. as though it seems like I don't know what this is, but there's some people that incarnate on this earth that have the feeling or have a sense they won't be here that long, so they cram as much life as they can. Right. into what they're going to do and because they know at a certain point they're going to check out. I mean, I think I, that's I, true, yeah. Yeah, I do too. So, um yeah, his Neptune and his North Node in Leo, I mean, it, it just does a real drive also to be out in the public to really show off what he has, you know. Right. And um and and let's see. Oh, oh, here's the one that confused me. He has his Jupiter conjunct his sun and he's 5 foot 4. Can you explain that to me? <laughs> well, yeah, because it's uh, Saturn right out pretty close to the ascendant. Oh, that's And that true. doesn't always necessarily, that can actually be go either way. I've seen people that were very tall with that or people that were very short. Right. He was five foot four. Yeah. And I think that was probably, and it's also in a wide square to the Midheaven and the uh, Neptune and the North Node. Okay. And I think that's like the public image. So I think he probably struggled a lot when he was younger. Yeah. With, you know, his height and, yeah. um, you know, there's just this. And I also had, you know, the Mars in a pretty tight trine to the Venus and fire sign. So we had, I mean, he was kind of a ladies man in college, they say. Yeah. Until he met his wife. And so he, he was he was not shy. And yet he uh, there were some real limitations here. And with the Saturn on the Ascendant, he had some pretty bad injuries, like in the war. And, right, uh, right. I remember reading about that. His knees in particular were a problem in his life. He would fall downstairs as a result a lot. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think that I think the Saturn is probably the height factor. Okay. It would have stopped the growth, essentially, what you're saying. Kind well, of thing. you know, it can, um, it, it doesn't always produce, you know, that, that, uh, issue with height, but in his case, you know, it's because of the way you look at all these different factors. Right. I think that you know that would that's certainly a contributing factor. Yeah, I would agree. It, one of the things that I what I do is probably be is probably because I'm a Pisces, but when I look at people and I get impressions off of them, the first impressions, and oh, the first time I saw him on TV, I said, "My God, he looks like he's compressed," <laughs> and there's the Saturn <laughs> on the ascendant, right? You know, like yeah. he's being in pushed Scorpio. in from both ends. And, you yeah. know, he seems to have um, a fierceness, like he's gritting his teeth and talking, yeah, exactly. you Very know. tightly wound. 
Yeah, tightly, <laughs> extremely tightly wound. And then, of course, the Scorpio rising, the eyes were very intense, obviously. So that made sense. But, I mean, everything else that Saturn on the Ascendant seemed to, like, push his... I would imagine he, if they did chiropractic work, that would have probably helped him back then, you know, because that would have helped him, you know, dislodge all of the stuff that's in his body that's backed up, you know. Well, and it's not only, you know, in addition to the Saturn and Scorpio on the Ascendant, which uh, I've seen that in a number of charts of people... Our clients and friends, and that that is a tightly compressed energy, and that yes. shows there's some deep-seated sort of potentially deep-seated anger or yeah. issues, and then you've got the Mars in those intense squares to his Sun, his Mercury, his Jupiter, yeah. and even his Moon. Well, they made the so oh, I'm sorry, intense, uh, and he he was an angry young man. Yes, you know, he was. That's exactly of, the quote that I saw written know. in in yet Wikipedia. He was an angry young man. And he was angry all the way through when he was in the military. And he basically got out of the military and said, I went into writing so I could write about everything I went through so I could get it out. You know, right. and, he, and he saw horrible things in the war. Yeah. And, uh, he, you know, he was he, he uh, it's it's pretty horrific. I mean, I won't repeat the stories, but he, he had a lot of different, you know, somewhat, if not totally traumatic sort of experiences. And mm-hmm. that he carried with him till the end. Yeah. And I think that if he didn't have the writing and the creativity, he would have just imploded. Yeah, right. And he did, he was a boxer when he was younger. Oh, yeah. I mean, he and, was... And, you know, that feisty sort of thing, and that yeah. he had a lot of battles with the network and with, you know... Yeah. The he was Hollywood born in New York. And, well, that yeah, would help. Yeah. But, you know, kind of always having that block on the shoulder, please knock that block off, I dare you to do it, type of thing. Right. Yeah. And, and he, he had guts, too, because I read in the, in the Wikipedia <laughs> account... It says something like, let me see if I can find this. It's he um oh it was about parachuting. He no, I I can't find it here, but he basically was um volunteering to do to do a test runs for parachutes or something like oh, that. Oh right. I remember, I remember reading that. that. Right. He was paid fifty dollars each. Yeah, yeah he was. I mean who who does that? <laughs> I don't know, but who? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll try out these. I'll yeah, I'll do that. I'll, I'll just give me fifty dollars. I'll be wild and crazy. You know that moon in Sagittarius would certainly say that in doing the yeah. death-defying, you know, adventurous stuff. Yeah, that would yeah. definitely mean that. But and the Grand Shrine in fire. You know, I've often seen people with uh, a lot of fire and Grand Shrines in fire. They they tend to be risk takers. Oh yeah, definitely. You and, know, and that Mars Pluto uh, square. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, that would yeah. do it too, you know. I mean, he was man you do did not want to fight with him ever. So, uh And yeah. then his the thing he, I remember him for when I was a kid, I remember I watched the uh, you know, the first run of Twilight Zone when it came on. I was just just a kid, but I appreciated it cuz it was just so fantastic. Yeah. And then I remember how he um I must have seen the rerun cuz 56 would have been too early for me to remember, but he did that requiem for a heavyweight yeah, and um, and he won awards for that, yeah. and it was yeah. about a boxer, I believe. Yeah. I don't know if it was Anthony Quinn started it, but boxing and fighting and wars. You could you know, see him was in such it. Such a theme of his work over and over again. Yeah, yeah, you could see that. You know, he was actually quite an activist too, because he Aquarius yeah. at the bottom of the chart. You know, and uh, he was fighting for equal rights for everybody. And uh, for yeah. Very All much. that stuff, the prejudice stuff, couldn't stand out. So he was very much I a man ahead also, of his time. 
very much ahead of I its time. I think there's also with the moon and Sag, the other part of that, I think, is that the sun in Capricorn, moon and Sag, that can be, you know, he had this knowledge of the business world to some yeah. extent anyway, and and working his way up the, uh, the corporate ladder in terms of the networks and all this, and yet the moon in Sag, the moon is kind of the fuel for the sun, the emotional fuel for the sun. Uh-huh. And that gives a certain ideological kind of bent, a right. certain, like a pushy, it's like a, almost a preacher energy, moon and Sagittarius. It can be dogmatic, uh-huh. but if it's corralled, it can be this energy of having an issue to push. And so he's using right. the corporate you know, structure to kind of promote certain ideological or um, philosophical causes with his... Uh, is, is TV shows and movie right. scripts. You know, I, I look at the moon and Sag as a saving grace for him because if you took yeah. that out and put it in another moon, his life would have been tragic. You yeah. know, it would have been very difficult to lead, but that Jupiter always kind of found the fun side of it, funny side of stuff, you know, and That's that a was a point. saving grace for him. You know, it really helped him. It really assisted him, so... Right. Yeah, so... And, you know, the other thing about the activism is the Uranus is involved in that grand trine to the right. Pluto and the Saturn. Right. And Uranus in Pisces specifically, I think that that gives a, a, a real sort of idealistic activist sort of side to his personality yeah. that amplifies the, the the moon and Sag and the other thing you mentioned, that, it, like the Aquarius at the bottom of the yeah, chart and all exactly. that. Exactly. Okay. Well, there's so much more we could talk about him because as you uncover a layer, there's another layer and then there's another layer, which is typical for any human being. But for him, it seemed pretty obvious. But um, I just found his chart to be incredibly fascinating. So I thought we'd do it this week. Okay, we're going to take a break right now. When we get back, we're going to start our talk about all sorts of stuff that's going on in the world. Okay, so this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to NewProSupplements.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, November 29th, it's Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald on Animal World. This month, Kevin's celebrating unsung COVID-19 heroes, bus drivers. He's got Metro Bus Driver of the Year, and in the third hour, Reagan Forston returns to teach us how to reduce stress. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer. And with me is Greg Grassi, our wonderful astrologer. And I just saw it thrown out. Evidently, somebody called us a little bit ago, I think, with a question. And we'll just open the phones just for a little bit. And let me give you the phone numbers here. It's 425-373-373. 5527 and toll free in Western Washington is 888-298-5569. So if you have a question you want to ask, please call in. That would be great. Okay, so, you know, I've got a whole list of stuff that I wrote here on the front of my run sheet that needs to be talking about. And the thing I want to talk about right now is the most obvious thing that's going on today. That is Neptune is stationary. And, um, I've been noticing, (laughs) being a Pisces that I am, Neptune would be quite influential in my life. I've been noticing a sense of calm, you know, an unbelievable sense of calm 
seems to be more than normal, which I think is partly the stationary thing. But uh, how about you? What have you noticed, Ray? Well, you know, it all depends on the role it plays in your natal chart, I think. Yeah. And um, for, I, for I think Pisces, it's a profound energy because mm-hmm. it's your planet. Yeah. You know, I, I use both rulers, the Neptune and the Jupiter, but I, I give some preference to Neptune. So the fact that it is so powerfully activating in your chart, for example, I mm-hmm. think there's, well, there, there's so much you could say about it, one of which, one of the points is that Neptune's an invisible planet to the naked eye. Yes. And so when it activates really strongly, there's, you, it's almost as though the veil is thinning and you're, you have the, the possibility of tapping into some deeper sort of you know, previously unconscious energies. It could be psychic, it could be spiritual, it could be creative. Mm-hmm. But I think it also, you know, depending on the whole natal chart, like you're saying, I think it can kick in, if I can you know, talk in reincarnational terms, mm-hmm. I think it kicks in some very deep kind of spiritual karma. It opens up certain <laughs> memory banks from the past, you might say. Yes. And, um, and an idealist <clears throat> sort of energy, an escapist as well. It, it can go either way, depending on the individual. Mm-hmm. But I for agree. example, if you look at, like, for example, it's, it's, um, the Neptune station point is squaring uh, Donald Trump's chart. And I'm not going to get partisan here. I'm just talking on a pure psychological level. Oh, go ahead. Well, why not? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's, it's, I try to distinguish the two. And it's, it's the Neptune is, is really <clears throat> forming a T-square to his sun and his moon. His son in 22, Gemini, and his moon in 21, uh, Sagittarius. And the Neptune is not quite there yet, but he's feeling it. And that energy normally, I would, if someone came into my office and I saw they had that transit going, I'd say, are you been feeling sorry for yourself lately? Are you feeling hypersensitive? Are you feeling somewhat escapist as though, you know, the, the world's out to get you? You know, there's different ways that can go. And also that sense of disillusion. Yeah, and I, I said you're making stuff you, up. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it brings in the whole element of truth versus fiction and lies versus you know honesty. Yeah, and so he's really being hit hard by that Neptune, and that's in the midst of other aspects, which we we can get to that in a little bit. Yeah, but for other people, I've seen this. This is an incredible time for some people. That let's say if it's forming trines, the right thing for Pisces. It's um, it, again, it depends on everything in the birth chart, but that's this right. can be a window of opportunity, a time when, like I said, the veil is thinning, when you can tap into things you normally don't have access to. Right. Yeah, I I was uh, listening to the Planet Suite on the way up here. I have it on a CD. And I noticed that it was just um, unbelievable. You know, Um, I can get transported into that music so quick, but it's even more poignant now. You know, some particular oh, moments yeah. that really just zing right under my skin. And they just sit there, and literally, I drove up here on air. You know, it takes an hour to drive up yeah. here, and I was up here in like 20 minutes. You know, it seemed like 20 minutes, but um, it, it really does, the thing about Neptune, it really does distort the time that you're in. You know, as when you're really into something that is over, you know, completely takes you over you lose all track of sense of time you know and it's it's um a really an amazing thing because i don't even remember driving up here (laughs) i really don't but i did but i was transported into the music you know and i wanted to make sure i did that this morning 
because largely because of the stationary Neptune. And, you know, I think we got to explain a little bit. You know, we've probably done this a lot on the, on the radio before, and I'm writing a book about it, but explain what stationary means when, that's, when a planet is stationing. So if we can just do that yeah. real, real quick, that would be awesome. Yeah, when the planets are moving around, uh, all the planets except for the sun and the moon at some point slow down and from the perspective of the Earth appear to go backwards or forwards. Right. And during that turnaround point, they're standing in the same basic degree for an extended period of time. Right. For Mercury or, let's say, Venus, it's not very long. For planets like Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto, it can be a couple months. Yeah. And right. so it's like a branding iron effect. That energy becomes extremely heightened, very, yes. very powerful. Yeah. And if it's hitting a, a personal point in your chart, you really have to watch it, you know, for better or worse. If it's if it's forming some more kind of uh, harmonious aspects, it can be an incredible thing to take advantage of. Right. If it's forming a more difficult energy in your chart, I think it still can be taken advantage of. Right. But you have to be a little, it's more of a slippery slope with Neptune yeah. especially involved. But in general, right now, I think that what I was talking before about Donald Trump and you know, various other people might have a similar experience, but it also, in general, I think, makes this a hypersensitive time for everybody, yeah. which it, it can either, you know, some people will fall into kind of escapism with it or fantasy, or it can be, let's say, Neptune and Pisces can be very activist in the sense of a humanitarian sort of impulse where you're feeling compassion. Yes, much bigger than the self. Or dogs, yeah, or yeah. the environment, you know, that sort of thing. Right. So the station point is an amplifying of that energy. Right, exactly. Uh, I was going to say uh, it's at 18 degrees now, and it's about ready to go direct this afternoon. And my, my son is at 21 Pisces. It's within the orb and Pisces, yeah. and okay. So um, I... Um, I've had a lot of people warn me about this aspect coming up, and I, I said, no, you don't really have to warn me because I'm already in it. You know, I already can feel it, and I'm actually enjoying it, you know, at least one side of it. I'll probably hit different levels of it at this point, but right now I'm, I'm, my, my, I'm heightened. My senses are heightened towards music a lot, you know, because yeah. I used to perform music a long time ago, but I'm kind of getting back to it from a different place. You know, it's it's much more spiritual now than it's ever been. So um, it's pretty it's a pretty awesome experience, you know. And um, I think it's a good time too for people to watch their dreams, yeah, and their general intuitions and uh, you know impressions, yeah. Uh, like tonight, you know, everybody that's listening to this should really pay attention to when you wake up. What were your dreams? Maybe yeah. there's even a chance of a lucid dream during an energy like this. Yeah. That's the vaginal right. dimension is amplified so much under this energy. Right. You know, it's interesting. My Neptune is in my fourth house, right on the fourth house cusp. And I'm dreaming a lot about homes, my home. I got to have the perfect home somewhere. And I'm just kind of, oh, well, there goes my chart, you know. So there's right. something about that that I'm learning. So it's to find an inner peace within my own home, which is my shell of my body rather than finding a house outside of that. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's just a very interesting thing, you know. It really is amazing. So anyway, um, the stationary uh, Neptune go station at this time, in Pacific time, at 4.37 p.m. this afternoon. So, and it'll be two hours later there. So, 
Right. Yeah. So it's, um, I think all of us behoove us to watch what's happening in the news because it might be interesting. Things could be happening on a stationary. It usually does. Something happens when a planet goes stationary. You know, it's always it's always interesting to watch and see if it's anything representative of the planet Neptune itself, and it generally will be. So, one thing that was really curious that happened this last week was that monolith they found in Utah. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's what's interesting to me is it really brought back memories for a lot of people of two thousand one. Oh, yes. And, and yeah. then when they got up close to it, it turns out that. It does appear man-made. It doesn't appear to be something alien because you can see the rivets holding it together oh. <laughs> and things like that. But I, I remember when I re- saw the story, I, you know, I wondered, well, it could be something from beyond, but it might also just be you know, under, under a Neptune station point. Right. It's going to be like the lure of the exotic that turns out to be you know, not, you know, what not you think. Not so exotic. And so it does not appear to be Little Green Men that did it, but it's still a fascinating manifestation of that fantasy element that you see with Neptune. Wasn't it a part of something else, and they took a real close-in shot of it, so it looked like it wasn't a monolith, and then when they backed the shot out, it was a part of something bigger? Wasn't that what it was? Now, that I'm not aware of. I mean, it was put into the ground. They had to very carefully put it into the oh. ground because it's solid rock. So they used some kind of high-powered saw to cut through the rock and place it oh. in there. Oh, oh, okay. But, uh, I'm not aware. Of, I mean, it, it is bigger than it appears because oh. it goes into the ground, but I'm not aware of anything. Okay. Well, there, I think I did hear someone say maybe there are other ones like this around. That okay. whoever put this in there may have put them elsewhere, and so I, I don't know if that's what you're referring to or not. I don't know. You know, I, I remember the movie so well, and the monolith. I mean, that's one of the most outstanding parts of that whole movie that struck me was the monolith. You know, and I don't know right. why. We're all. I remember after the first time I watched that, we saw it at a big, huge, you know, grand um, 75 millimeter type of theater. Right. And then we went back to a, a house and we all sat around and talked about it. It was back in 69, right? And we right. all sat around and talked about it and talked about, well, what does this mean? What does the monolith mean? And, you know, we're trying to find all this existential meaning for all of these things. And, you know, um, there was really none to have at that time. But now it seems like we're trying to get a little bit deeper with that. You know, it's really yeah. hard to say, but, you know, what's the real meaning of the monolith anyway? So anyway, it's kind of cool. <laughs> I kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, I spent a lot of time, you know, uh, I, I wrote a quite a bit a long time ago about the movie and i had when i was a teenager i won tickets to see the chicago premiere oh. unfortunately i got in the front row and it was one of those widescreen films oh that was really too you, wide <laughs> you don't want to be in the front row for a widescreen film like that so I, it took quite a few viewings before i could really appreciate right. it not unless you took but lsd it's it's one of those films like the matrix or like a truman show uh-huh. that have multiple levels of meaning and you could probably dissected endlessly and yeah you know it's i even wonder if there if, if something was triggering in kubrick's chart right now oh. because of that monolith because that certainly brought him back into it yes it sure has bit. that'd be something good to check out i'd like to do yeah. that yeah that's a very good idea so okay okay so we're going to take another break right now when we're going to get back we're going to be talking more with mr ray grassy about all sorts of astrological occurrences lately okay So, this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. 
And this is a live read for Barrel Full of Monkeys. And this is from Matt Shea. Matt Shea has started a new venture called the Barrel Full of Monkeys Productions, which will be a collection of Matt's writings in mini audiobook form. Our first audiobook is out. Me and Doug and Matt and one other guy did this. We all did some audio readings. And they're only $5, so you can order it at mattsheabooks.net. In the meantime, you can browse Matt's updated and redesigned website. And now there's a free audio book available on his site called Judge Wong. Just go to the website at mattsheabooks.net and click it, and you can download it and listen to it. Okay. So Matt would love to hear from you and promises to answer any or all who contact him. You can write him at his personal email address at orkinmatt7, W-O-R-K-N-M-A-T-T-7, at AOL.com. And don't forget his website, his brand new website, www.mattshaybooks.net. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Christopher Renstrom, who shares astrological insights from his new book, The Cosmic Calendar, Using Astrology to Get in Sync with Your Best Life. On Saturday, Matt Swain returns with more great ghost stories taken from his published work as a paranormal researcher. Bringing you fascinating talk one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And with me this morning, Mr. Ray Grassi. And we've been talking about all sorts of, well, we talked about the Neptune stationary today. So people at home, if you all feel really fuzzy and you don't know what to do and you're sitting there staring at the walls, but your imagination's going crazy, you're in the right place. Okay, so this is not a time for huge lot physical activity. It's a time for introspective activity, looking at what you're sensing and feeling, especially what you're feeling. So I just thought I'd mention that. Okay, so next on my little list here I made was that Saturn and Jupiter are going to come and conjunct each other, or are going to go through Aquarius. And that's coming up here in a couple of weeks, I think. Right? Yeah, around the 20, December 20th and 21st. Is That's the 23rd right. 23rd is like the target point for that. Right, right. Okay. And um, there's a lot of people talking about this is the age of Aquarius starting. Now, I'm not sure about that, but I think with those two planets, you know, Saturn being society and, and Jupiter being opportunities, it seems like people are going to be getting much more um, positive in the next several weeks seems to me you know uh what do you think i don't see it as either all positive or negative in the sense that that what i've noticed over the years of seeing saturn jupiter conjunctions because it happens about every 20 years Mm -hmm. i've gone back and i've read books about the past you tend to see a mixture of really great things with not so great things so for instance like this is maybe not the best example but john lennon was born under a Saturn-Jupiter conjunction, and he died under the uh, Saturn-Jupiter conjunction. Wow. Okay. Now, so is Saturn-Jupiter good or bad? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's yes. It's yes it's and no, yes and yes, you know? and no and, and no. likewise, you know, you'll see these social movements happen under Saturn-Jupiter, and then you'll see, you'll see a Jupiterian expansion of some things and a Saturnian constriction of other things. Okay. Now, what's, what, what's coming up now, the fact that it is in Aquarius. Yes definitely indicates there's, there's some kind of social changes taking place. 
Yeah. But I don't I think it's going to be there's going to be, on the one hand, some progressive sort of developments. Um, on the other hand, it could also be that we're dealing with a very kind of um, constrictive judicial matters. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of changes taking place this last couple of years with, you know, the the courts being packed and all this sort of thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a strong battle between the progressive and conservative forces taking place under this energy. Oh, I but agree. what makes this Saturn-Jupiter conjunction so unusual is not only the fact that it's it's a mutation in the air signs, that's a whole other thing, Yeah. but it's happening basically the same day as these winter solstice as well right. as Mars is going to be exactly squaring out the um, Saturn-Pluto point from this last January, which was a major, major event for the whole year with the right. COVID and everything the economy, and Mars is going to be squaring that point at the same time as the Saturn-Jupiter. Wow. And on top of that... On, and um, there's more? There's going to be, I'm sorry, what? And there's more? <laughs> yeah, there is. Uh, but this is more related to Trump, but I think it could affect the world. Pluto is going to be opposing Trump's Saturn. It's been pummeling his Saturn, Venus, and his birth chart for the last year. Yeah. But it's going to be hitting his uh, natal Saturn very strongly around the the same day, as I recall. Oh. And my concern is that, you know, I, I've had weird hunches or intuitions, if even that's what they are, about is he going to go out in a blaze of glory in terms of some kind of attack on Iran, and now we're seeing all this saber-rattling with Iran the last few days. Right, right, exactly. So I'm hoping it doesn't go that way, but Saturn-Jupiter can usher in major positive yes. developments and major negative developments. Right, right. Maybe the negative first and the positive later. Who knows? It but could be. Could be. It could be. Yeah, and there's another thing that I was noticing this morning. I heard it on the radio, and I said, the on December 14th, there's a solar eclipse. Yes, and at this, that's on the same date, that's the date that the, um, the Electoral College votes on the votes. Right. <laughs> so we're going to have some sun shining on that puppy. And I don't know what that means, but usually major stuff happens on a solar eclipse. So it could yeah. be that, you know, what Trump is aiming for right now, at least news-wise, he's going for uh, the sol- the. Um, Supreme Court, I don't know which state it is, to go after the election results. And so he stopped with the other stuff, which he's lost every battle. Now he's going for the Supreme Court. I don't know what that means, but uh, I'm, I mean, the way I'm feeling now about the the uh, election is that Biden has won. There's no problem there. But we know that Trump is going to hit, make hiccups everywhere where he can, you know. And so that's going to add difficulty to the whole process of trying to get him into the office in January. Well, keep in mind, too, that eclipse is occurring right on top of Trump's moon. Uh-huh. And so that's a transition point. I don't think he can... I think that he's more or less losing the battle of staying in the White House. However, yeah. I think the Saturn-Jupiter may have a lot to do, and maybe the eclipse is tied into this, with the Senate. Okay. Because if Georgia does flip Democratic... Mm-hmm. That's going to be a, a tectonic shift in Washington. Yes, and um, so it's and that doesn't get decided till the, I guess the runoff in January. It's January fifth. I think changes. Right. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, and how that's going to affect Trump, I, I think he's in an extremely depressing period right now as far as, yeah. and I would say this you know, from a stranger walking in with this chart, this is, this is potentially very depressing energies that he's under. But I think it's quite possible the Senate could flip. And mm-hmm. that would be a that would affect him, and but it would also affect the country in various ways. Yes, it would. for better or worse, depending on what side of the aisle you're on. Yeah, exactly. I've noticed that Trump has, um, well, for one thing, the depression. Obviously, since the election, he's pretty much stayed, you know, in his room watching TV, you know, yeah. and so that's what he's pretty much done. He hasn't been out in front of the public that much. He was out. He did a sort of a thing yesterday on TV, but. That's about the only first thing that he's done. Every, every other day, he's pretty much, you know, by himself. So that's somebody that's depressed, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and Pluto-Saturn, he's, he's actually under it now. The Pluto's yes. at 23 Capricorn and his natal Saturn is 23 Cancer. Yeah. He's under it now, but it technically fires exactly around that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction around the 20th, 21st of December. Wow. So he is, this is Pluto-Saturn, as you may know. I mean, from your own experience, it tends to be pretty dark. Yeah. And there is this, in fact, that's kind of like the Saturn Scorpio in Rod Serling's chart. It's a yeah. very similar energy, Saturn and Scorpio and yes. Pluto Saturn. And so it's just a very dark energy for him. And it's also a very vindictive energy. Yeah, we've and, seen that. You know, yeah. I think that could really, it could even be that, you know, that going out with a blaze of glory with the six guns firing it may be that you know it's a revenge factor if he's yeah. you know, going to get back at you know, the public for not supporting him or something and people keep saying is he gonna is he going to stick his you know his stick his feet down in the in the mud and stay in office even beyond his point where he's supposed to be people have to come in and throw him out i i've when i first heard that i thought that's possible that is very possible with him that that could happen so that would definitely be part of the Saturn-Pluto business, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, staying yeah, put. I, I, it's, it's questionable whether he'll be able to do that, but it's certainly not with him. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, right. I mean, because when we're really looking at this, what do we have battling? We have one person who thinks he's as powerful as the government, but the government is way more powerful. We know all this. You know, it's a consortium of people and, and years, years and years of, of policy and um, stuff like that that has made our country and democracy what's made our country very strong. So here comes a guy who comes up and says, I'm going to take you on and I'm going to make sure that you fail. You know, and it's kind of like a kid-like attitude. But, you know, he has something to prove to himself. And um, a lot of it has to do with his childhood and his mother and his father, the way they didn't pay attention to him. You know, uh, it's it's such talk about an overcompensation, you know, beyond overcompensation, you know, to do this. And it seems as though um, he's the further he goes into this, the further he goes backwards into his childhood, his unresolved issues of his childhood. And he starts acting like a child. So um, a lot of people just don't understand him. But, you know, you come keep coming back to that sun Uranus conjunction in his chart. You just don't know what to expect. So, yeah, yeah it's crazy stuff. So, uh, Well, and then with the Venus-Saturn conjunction in Cancer, I think that that's part of that wounding. Yep. There's a sense, uh, Saturn-Venus, not always, but usually shows some issues with social acceptance. Yeah, 
It does. And, you know, rejection issues. And that's being triggered now. So he's really feeling kind of unloved and yeah. um, rejected. You know, well, and that's the house. 11th house is a house of feeling loved. You know, 5th and ten, yeah. 11th house has to do with love and how we receive it and how we give it. You know, and received is the 11th house. So um, it's like the door is open, but nobody's coming in. You know, you know, here you have all this love. We'll give you all this love. But it's like it's going in, but it's not staying in. You know, it's not sticking. So that's the issue that's going on for him is that the the business about failing love. I remember all that stuff during the, the campaign. It says, OK, women, you love me, don't you? All these women, you know, these urban women says, you love me, don't you? Show me that you love me. I said, like, wow, talk yeah. about a needy boy, you know. And so, well, and the fact that the Saturn and the Pluto and the Jupiter are all in his fifth house, according to some house systems anyway, um, and even if that house system isn't the only one, the cancer emphasis here, there's a heavy thing going on with his children. Yes. And I think that it is quite possible that part of what's going to be happening for him this coming year is, you know, the uh, New York, Southern District of New York, yeah, uh, going after not only him but his children. And I yeah. think there's a real kind of circle the wagons thing going on here. Yeah. But uh, it could be quite intense for him to, to put yeah, him out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now that Donald Trump Jr. has COVID, you know, and, and that's another thing that's in the mix of all that, you know, is this darn virus. I just have a feeling that that virus's timing was perfect in accordance to what's going on with this country. And I hate to say that about anything that's a pandemic, but it seemed like the timing of that. Don't you think so? That was timing. Well, we knew something heavy was going to be coming down. Right. You know, a lot of us were writing about this last year, right. saying that 2020, the wheels could be coming off of the, you know, the cart. Yeah. And, you know, very few suggested, a couple did, like Andre Barbeau in France, before he died, he wrote about 2020 as possible pandemic. Right. But most of us thought it might be the economy, which it did turn out to be. Yeah, too. as a result but, of it. Right. You know, this is, it's... And the AIDS crisis did begin basically under a Saturn-Pluto conjunction back in the early 80s. Right, right. And, uh, you know, there's upheaval. There's, it's, it's, it, these energies, are, like I say, I, I keep repeating this, uh, I, I, these energies are never all good or all bad. There's always this mixture of, right. of you know, the constructive and the destructive with these sorts of patterns. Exactly right, yeah. So, okay, we've got to take another break really quick. When we get back, we'll be finishing up with Mr. Ray Grassi. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read with Susan Bergstrom of the Medicare Exchange. Right now, we are under Omen enrollment in the Medicare and Medicaid. And it's really important because when you have to do the Medicare at 65, you have to uh, look at what covers you and what doesn't cover you. Because usually Medicare doesn't cover 100% of your medical costs, only about 80%. So that means we need to affordable supplemental coverage that will take care of that 20%. Susan Bergstrom can help get the best coverage for you. With her, the process is really easy. And in the end, she's going to save you some money. So don't forget, right now, open enrollment right now until December 7th. You have a chance to get together with Medicare or Medicaid or your your specialist and find out if your coverage is right for you. And if you need anything else, you can add or subtract at that time. 
So if you have any need, if you want to enroll for Medicare or you want to change your existing medical plan, you can do this during this open enrollment time. Contact Susan today to set up your appointment. She will get you all set up. So if you need more information, call Susan at 253-318-9379 or email her at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. We have Mr. Ray Grassy with us this morning. We've been talking about all sorts of wonderful things. Of course, we talked about Trump and all that good stuff, but a lot of stuff is happening right here with him right now. And it does bear mentioning because it's intensifying. So anyway, um, let's see if I've got any other topics here. Oh, yeah. Well, and you, I wanna, oh, yes, go ahead. Uh, quickly. I think that the Saturn-Jupiter, any time you have a major pattern like this, a conjunction, right. it is an opportunity almost ritualistically for new beginnings. It's like a conjunction is the closing of one chapter and the opening up of a new one, and we have an eclipse right before that conjunction, right. and then eclipse, of course, is a conjunction. Right. So the December is really, I think, a time for kind of taking stock and looking at what works in your life, what doesn't, maybe planning the future, it's certainly a good energy for New Year's resolutions. Right. And right. what you want to do for the coming year, and working with the energy in terms of you know, starting afresh, you might say, a new beginning, especially around that third week or so of December. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a good point. Yeah, because I always was kind of looking at that, and I thought, oh, here's Saturn. Saturn's coming right up to the intersection. It's stopping. It's like, okay, I can't go any further down that road. I have to change directions, you know, so I have to take left or right. Okay, the opportunity is Jupiter, <laughs> you know. So take the one, take the right or the left. Which one has the most opportunity when you take the take the direction? So, uh, well, you know, the, the, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I'm done. The, uh, the Saturn also can be opportunity in a different way. Like one of the things I forgot to mention before was I looked up the uh, Rod Serling's chart when Twilight Zone premiered, which oh, was October yeah, 2nd of job. 1959. Uh-huh. Saturn was on his son. Oh. And Saturn was, well, he had this Saturn on his son and his Jupiter and his uh, Mercury, I believe. And quite closely, it was right on top of his Jupiter. So, you know, there you have. There's opportunity both with the Saturn and the Jupiter. Yes, the Saturn can be a, a bit tricky, mm-hmm. but there's there's this potential. The, here's the other side of Saturn-Jupiter, which I almost forgot, which is that Saturn crystallizes. So when Saturn conjuncts Jupiter, the good side of that, constructive, I should say, is that it can materialize ideals, it can materialize dreams, it can materialize ambitions. Right. And so there there is a certain... And I remember years ago reading an article by, I don't know if it was Rob Han, this is 30 years ago, about talking about um, great teachers of the past being born under Saturn-Jupiter, like right. the Buddha supposedly born under Saturn-Jupiter, and he was even, this writer was talking about John Lennon as kind of a modern guru figure. Right. So you know, Saturn-Jupiter, if you if you know how to work with it, can be a tremendous opening of uh, maybe an unveiling of deep secrets, of mysteries, that sort of thing too. Absolutely, you know. And I don't know, I hate to refer to my chart again, but it always bears repeating. Go for it. <laughs> Saturn's at the bottom of my chart. It's opposing Jupiter in my ninth house. So it always has seemed 
that when I'm researching something new, I'm going to go to the Saturn site first because that's going to help me get all the data that I need to do, you know, and the information to learn all the aspects of it. And once I know enough, something would happen, Jupiter on the midheaven, something would happen where, oh, I see you've been working on this. Would you like to teach about it? <laughs> you know, boom, I'm out in Jupiter land, you know, which basically means it's a, it's a clue from the universe that the work that I have done on the subject that they wanted me to talk about is done, you know, and that yeah. I have done all the work because I did with that with my book when I wrote it. It took me seven years to write it, seven years as a Saturn cycle, you know, but um, until I was re completely ready to do it and until the end, I don't know if you know, it's like you probably know what that's like writing books, but there's always something in the end of the book that you're trying to close the book up, get it ready to go to the publisher. And there's 10 things that end up at your door that you need to put in the book, which I needed I just to went through that this last week, in fact. Oh, see? <laughs> so yeah. um, I had to do that, and I had to tell my editor, I have this one, two, three, four, five items here. And she says, what are you talking about? we got to get it to the printer tomorrow. And I said, listen, this is what we're going to add. Boom, boom, boom. She goes, okay, all right, we'll get those in. But they were so really re reliant, or they were really so appropriately connected to what I was talking about that they had to be in the book. So, I mean, that's a very Saturn third house type of thing. You know, yeah. when I'm doing the research, I got to make sure I get all of it, you know. And then all of a sudden, once it's all done, I get shot up to Jupiter, you know, and that's the opposition. So it really is that energy of of making sure you get all your homework done completely and all the all the bases covered. And then all of a sudden the door just open for Jupiter for you to go through them. Just yeah. seems that yeah. way. Does that seem that way to you? Yeah. I think you know it's. I think it's a very complex pattern, and that's one of the reasons why it's, so many astrologers are finding it hard to kind of simply summarize what the Saturn-Jupiter means oh, because no. it has all these different permutations. Yeah, and you all know, these different experiences. A, you know, life experiences that right. can be distilled down to those two. So right. Yeah, absolutely. That's fabulous. And it's, through history, the Saturn-Jupiter aspects prior to the discovery of the outer planets. Those were really regarded as key triggers okay. in terms of like mundane astrology, historical patterns. Right. So there's usually some major shift. But the other thing about Saturn-Jupiter with any of the outer planet conjunctions or even the inner planet uh, bodies like the eclipse, the effects are long term. Mm -hmm. They don't happen right away. So people, the, the, one of the mistakes I've seen over the decades with astrologers is when a major planetary configuration triggers they're looking to the days or the weeks on either side of that energy right and sometimes you will see things happen then but right. generally the long-term effects of something like a saturn jupiter can take years to unfold yeah. yeah it's it's basically i think jupiter is part of it is unlocking the potential you know that's already yeah. in the person and jupiter has to help weed that part of it out of the out of the person and, and, and to look back at the Saturn part of it, the work that you have done has made you the expert, has made you the um, person that has been made and put in charge of this, you know. Right. So, yeah, it is sort of like that. I mean, there's a, a mastery involved, obviously, with Saturn, you know, that you've mastered most of the information that you needed to do to do that. And then once that happens, it seems like uh, the universe bows and says, OK, you can graduate now, you know. Yeah. So 
It's you know, per- on a social level, I think that it's also very possible Saturn-Jupiter conjuncting in early degrees of Aquarius could easily be some major scientific breakthroughs yeah. in the next few months yeah. or like, something, technology, technological breakthroughs. Yeah. Like the vaccine for, for the COVID. It could be the vaccine, yeah. Yes. That could easily be. It could also be something with outer space in terms of the space station or whatever. There's there's a lot of ways. You know, the Aquarius is very different, for example, from when there was a Saturn-Jupiter conjunction. I think it was in 2000. Okay. May right. of 2000 or right. around there in, in Taurus. That was that was a shakeup of the financial system throughout the uh, the aughts. Right. And this is this is a shakeup, I think, in the social you know fabric. It's also a scientific sign. Uh huh. Um, yes. It's and also when Saturn moved into Aquarius is when we had the whole thing on social distancing. Oh yeah. The, the, the constrictive yeah. force of Saturn in the sign of social interaction. Yeah. Right. So the Jupiter conjuncting that, I don't know if that's going to amplify it or you know, diminish it. but Or maybe um, people will find op- elements of uh, opportunity through that, you know. And I be. think people are starting yeah. to see that, you know. Things are, that the educational system is starting to go more online. I mean, that, to me, is the opportunity of that, is that the yeah. shifts, rather than being a detriment, is going to be positive. So. Right, and it's one of those Saturn-Jupiter things where I think it's going to be great for some people, you know, yeah. the online education thing, and it's going to be horrible for others. What do yeah. single mothers do with kids? Right, you know, exactly. And they're trying to, you know, they can't put their kids in school. How do they work and make a living? Yeah, and how do they adjust to that? You know, probably somewhere along the line there'll be some planets moving through there that say, you can adjust, you can do okay, you know. And so it's adjusting and resituating yourself into the new reality which is, has been, you know, been very resistant to doing that during this pandemic. Yeah. People do not want to wear masks. Silly, yeah. but, you know, that's, that's part of the uh, natural sort of rebelliousness of, of the United States of America with the Aquarius yeah. fourth house. Hey, you know, but it's happening. It's going to happen. So anyway, I we've got to say think... goodbye to you. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> We're r- running right out of time. So we've got one minute left here. So thank you, Ray, so much for being here. Sure. It was an awesome appearance. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. So we just need to say that next week on the show is Rick D. Clemente. He'll be on the show. And the following week we'll have on Virginia Bell. And she'll be awesome too. We've got some really good guests coming up this next month. I'm really excited about it. So anyway, how much time we got now? One minute. Okay, one minute. So we don't have any um, any sort of events coming up. Things are really shut down in this area, so we just have to make sure we entertain ourselves, okay? Okay, so anyway, I'm going to say goodbye, and we're going to see you all next week right here on the Jupiter Rising Show. So have a great week. Take care of yourselves and stay safe. This Bye-bye. Take it. <laughs> see you later. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio.